Thank you for having me this morning. I appreciate this opportunity, excited for this opportunity. Well, honestly, I, I was excited, and Eric, I did appreciate the invite, um, but now I'm a little bit annoyed because I wasn't told that I was following Laura's brilliant children's sermon, um, and so that feels a little bit unfair. Um, but So I do actually have a little bit of history with this church. Thirty-some years ago, I believe Tom McMillan was your pastor. Anyone still present from when Tom was pastor here? Yeah, I was involved in the... Uh, Baptist Student Union, the campus ministry at George Mason, and you guys invited us to come out for a special event, and we're very supportive of that ministry back then, um, So, I, and it stuck, has stuck with me uh, since then. And as Eric mentioned, I've also, uh, Cheryl and I went to Leland together, and I didn't tell her that Eric was going to invite me, that way she didn't, couldn't veto that, that idea. Um, but yes, it is, it is Palm Sunday. It is a very fun day, a day of celebration, a day of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. The people were, the people are excited. They have a new king, a benevolent king, a king in the line of David, a king who has worked miracles. He has brought healing to the people, and he is bringing hope. Hope that Israel will return to glory. Hope that the Romans will be overthrown. Hope that Jesus will save them. Hope that the rightful people of God will once again bask in the goodness of God. And in response to all that hope, to all that expectation, the people are overflowing with joy. In fact, the joy is so palpable, so present, that Jesus says that if the people don't cry out with their praise, the rocks will. But to be honest with you, even though I can fully understand, well, maybe not fully, but I can understand back then why those people were so excited for Jesus, so excited to have him coming into Jerusalem, I have long struggled with celebrating Palm Sunday today for, for my life. I, I, don't, I don't quite get it. I have to look at Palm Sunday through the lens of Good Friday and think that triumphal entry didn't even last a week. So what is there to celebrate? Now Easter... Easter, that, that I get, that I can celebrate. Jesus rose from the grave and he is still risen today. That's a victory that lasts. That is a cause for celebration. But Palm Sunday, what is there to celebrate in Palm Sunday? As we dive into that question, would you allow me to lead us in prayer? Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this gathering. I thank you for this opportunity to remember your story. Thank you for this opportunity to look again at your scripture, to hear again from you. And Father God, I ask for your Holy Spirit to fill this place, to fill our hearts, to guide our minds, and to help us to understand more fully your truth, your love, your grace. Lord God, I ask that you, you would use this morning to draw us closer to you, to 
further your transforming work in each of us. These things we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So who here likes weddings? Any professional wedding crashers present? Anybody addicted to weddings? I, I, maybe I'm odd. I love weddings. I think weddings are so much fun. I love to officiate weddings. I love to attend weddings. I love to eat at weddings. I desperately wish I could dance because I know I would love dancing at weddings, but I save everybody from that humiliation. Weddings are a great time, and I think they are amazing, joyous occasions. But as wonderful as they are, there are plenty of people present at weddings, particularly those of us who have been married for a while, who are well aware that with all the goodness, with all the joy, with all the happiness, with all the celebration of that wedding and that day, there are those of us that are present that are well aware that there is inevitable hardship coming to that couple. Even for the most compatible, even for the most head-over-heels-in-love couple, marriage is tough at times. But hopefully those of us with such awareness are also wise enough to keep our mouths shut or to at least recognize that wedding's not the time to dwell on that. But even more than that, even that awareness of the hard times that are to come, that awareness does not diminish the joy of the moment. It's not even a denial of the fact that the hardships are coming. It's just that the joy, the the hope, the celebration is too much to be muted by those hardships. Because marriage and hope and life together is good and it is worthy of celebrating. So too, in a similar way, perhaps even much, much more than a wedding, on Palm Sunday, Jesus knows that hardship is coming. He's aware that Good Friday is only a few days away. He knows that the crowd will abandon him. His disciples will scatter. Even Peter, the most zealous of the disciples, one of Jesus' closest friends who has sworn his undying allegiance, will in a few days deny that he even knows Jesus. But with all that knowledge, with that foresight of the looming hardship, of pain and suffering of the cross, Jesus still endorses the celebration of Palm Sunday. It is as if Jesus does not allow the future to invade the present, to deny the present. In the present, in those moments of Palm Sunday, Jesus has come near and the people have welcomed him. Jesus has has come near And the people worship him as their king. And that is good and that is worthy of celebration. So if we are able to celebrate weddings, even when we know that marriages are not all a bed of roses and warm, fuzzy feelings, how much more should we be able to celebrate Palm Sunday? To celebrate that triumphal entry 
because it is good. Even if the people abandon him a few days later, Palm Sunday is a call to worship regardless of what comes next. But there is more. Another reason to celebrate Palm Sunday is for how wrong those original worshipers were. Those original people on Palm Sunday thought Jesus would lead a revolt to overthrow the Romans. The people thought Jesus would be making things materially better for them in that moment. The people did not understand the ways of Jesus. The people did not expect, and they certainly did not want, the cross. And when the people realized how wrong they were about Jesus, they went from chanting Hosanna to chanting crucify him. One can easily argue that those original Palm Sunday worshipers had more wrong about Jesus than they had right. So what is there to celebrate in that? Because with all that they got wrong, Jesus accepts their worship anyway. And that is very good news for us. Because history suggests that there is plenty we are still getting wrong ourselves. And we should be very grateful that Jesus' acceptance of us isn't based on us getting it right. A wedding is not a celebration based on the bride and groom knowing all the details of how to make a marriage work. In fact, oftentimes the bride and groom are clueless. Likewise, the Palm Sunday celebration was not rooted in the people's comprehensive understanding of Jesus or the Christian faith. They didn't have a clue that Good Friday was coming and what that would entail. But they saw Jesus and Jesus accepted them. Jesus' acceptance of those clueless worshipers is probably the greatest, most important part of the story. But there's one more thing I would ask you to see in this story. It is that those clueless, far from fully transformed, far from fully good people, did something incredibly beautiful on Palm Sunday. They saw Jesus, however imperfectly, however dimly, and they responded. They welcomed and praised and cheered and acknowledged Jesus as their king. And I hope that that speaks to each of you. Because that is us. We are not fully who God intends us to be. We are not fully transformed. We are not fully good. But yet, with all of our weakness, with all of our selfishness, with all of our filth that is yet to be redeemed, we can see Jesus, however imperfectly, however dimly, and we can respond. 
Just as we are, we can worship. Just as we are, we can celebrate. Each of us, we carry the image of God, however imperfectly. And we can give voice to that image. We can give voice to the truth of God. We can give voice to the love of God. We can do beautiful things. With all of our imperfections, failings, and sins, we can praise God and be welcomed and accepted. I would ask that you see in Palm Sunday what a beautiful, multifaceted, multi-layered microcosm of life that event is. It is this incredible mix of shortcomings and delusions and failures, of people with selfish ambitions, of people just trying to survive. But then also people that see Jesus riding in as the, their hero. People that are rightfully acknowledging Jesus as their Savior. People with a hope that Jesus has come to make things right. That Jesus has come to bring the kingdom of God. To bring God's favor. It is all there in this muddled mess. It is all so very human. The truth, the promise, the hopes, the expectations, the weaknesses, the illusions, the selfishness. Just like us, Palm Sunday is a beautiful mixed bag of good and not yet good. And that should resonate with us that even with our awareness of our shortcomings and failures, we can do beautiful things. That the image of God can shine through us. That we can be that vessel of love and truth. May that be the celebration of Palm Sunday, that inspiration to be more fully who God calls us to be. And so with that, will you again pray with me? Father God, we ask that you use the remembrance of Palm Sunday, of this event, to remind us, to inspire us that we can be beautiful that we can do wonderful things. May you use the remembrance of Palm Sunday to remind us that even when we are not beautiful, that even when we aren't doing wonderful things, that Jesus loves us, that you love us. Amen. May you know that God loves you, and may we worship and sing together. Amen. I'm going to ask you.